but Adam. Some more exciting answers to the baffling and intriguing questions of science. Up and Adam, science on FBI. I've been hanging out with Alice Williamson for the last two years on a Tuesday for Up and Adam, talking science as we always do. And Alice, it's been a massive year, 2017 for science. Yeah, it has. It's been it's been a, a year filled with some wonderful stories, some of which I think we might unearth today. No spoilers here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a great pleasure talking through some of those with you every week, Lucy. Absolutely. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I've learned so much, but we're going to be putting that to the test this morning. Morning, aren't we? You're going to be really... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're having a little quiz for you, Lucy, but <laughs> I have decided that I think the FBI listeners can support you throughout this quiz on the text line because you're here for them every morning. <laughs> so I think it's their, ta- their, ter- ta- their turn to be here for you. So um, we're going to... Um, explore some of those stories that we've covered and see see how well you and uh, the listeners have been listening to those stories and hopefully uh, remember some of, of the, the great pieces of science that have happened in the last couple of years. 0409 at 945945 is the text line. If you want to text a friend, help me out throughout the big 2017 Up and Adam quiz. Alice, do you reckon we should just launch straight in? Yeah, why not? There are some questions that cover both years. I just thought I'd say that now. Ooh, okay. So if you've just been studying for 2017, <laughs> we're in a bit of trouble, but don't worry about Shit. it. <laughs> okay, we'll go in with number one. So in July of this year, one of the largest icebergs on record broke away from Antarctica. Weighing one trillion tonnes and measuring 5,800 square kilometres, what is the name of the ice shelf from which the iceberg broke off? Mm. So you've got four options. Option A, Icy McIce face. <laughs> option, option B, Larson C. Option C, Larson B. Option D, Larson A. Oh my God, Alice, I'm going to go option B. You are 100% correct. It's yes! Larson C. Can I, can I actually, yeah, just... Uh, Alice, you send me an email every Monday night precursing what we're going to be talking about. I've not received an email. I do not know what these questions are. I do want You're to... just on it. You've just been listening. I am smart, damn it. The iceberg's been given its own name now. It's a very catchy one. It's called Iceberg A68. Okay. Um, and it's now heading towards the South Atlantic. It's 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 slid away uh, from the ice shelf. Um, and... There are ice shelves called Larsen A and Larsen B. In fact, this whole area is named after a Norwegian explorer called Carl Anton Larsen, who discovered this ice shelf when he was sailing down the Antarctic Peninsula um, in the 1890s. Um, and yeah, this is this is a huge iceberg, but it's only half the size of the largest ever iceberg that, that's broken off from an ice shelf, wow. um, which was from the Ross Ice Shelf in 2000. Um, I've got a bonus question on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's four times the size of a really famous city. Um, is that Manchester, Melbourne, Sydney or London? Manchester. It's London. Damn. <laughs> That's all right. Thinking. It's just a bonus. You've got, you know, you've got full marks. That's two marks for the first question. Yes. No bonus. Okay, okay, so well, we, what a confident start, Lisa. Yeah, that oh, was really fantastic. Good. We'll also pop links to these stories at well and then the past episodes too at our yeah. program page. Yeah, they're all up on um, on the podcast, up on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, so you can listen back if you if you fancy doing that. Fantastic. Let's go number two. Question two: Which species are turning to drink to dis- to survive the cold of winter? Is it A. the koala, B. deer, C goldfish or d salmon 
goldfish. God, you're so on the money. Yeah, it's goldfish. We talked about this a little bit earlier this year. Um, Goldfish have developed uh, a really very interesting way to to survive in ponds that have been frozen over. Because most mammals, most mammals, most animals, that was a bit of a, a, I mixed those two words together, (laughs) um, can't survive for very long without oxygen. They'll die in a few minutes without oxygen. But goldfish can survive for months underneath uh, these ice-covered ponds and rivers. And that's because they're able to um, do something rather unusual. They've developed a second set of proteins that can help them to break down the lactic acid that's generated in anaerobic conditions. So when they break down sugars, they produce lactic acid, which is usually very dangerous for cells, but they can change this lactic acid into alcohol. Um, And that's given them this ability to survive through very harsh, cold winters without very much oxygen. If you just wanted to give us a recap on this one, Alice, because I remember one of the big questions that came from this story was, how do the goldfish not get drunk? Well, they are pretty drunk. So um, (laughs) if you measure their, you know, their alcohol content they're actually at at the limit for driving in australia so at (laughs) 0.05 so there's 50 milligrams up to 50 milligrams of alcohol per 100 milliliters of blood so that's you know they're pretty they're pretty uh uh, far gone Mm -hmm. um one of the things that uh they the scientists actually worked out and this might form part of a bonus question um is how long you'd actually have to keep a fish in a beer glass to generate a four percent alcohol uh, solution um, is it a hundred days, two hundred days, three hundred days, or four hundred days? Ooh, two hundred days. You are bang on the money. Yes, yep. you've got a bonus as well. <laughs> Too easy. So, um, no one's recommending that this is. You know, it's probably more efficient to go and to go and buy a schooner. But yep. <laughs> but that's one way that you can. You can make your own at home with your goldfish. (laughs) Definitely one of the more quirky stories we had this year. I'm going two for two. The final question for this first half. Okay, so this one's um, a a story that we've we've definitely spoken about, as all of them are. Um, And this is on a bit more of a serious subject. So uh, we know that approximately six million people die every year from stroke, which means it's the second uh, largest cause of death after heart attack. But the venom of which unlikely Australian creature has been found to contain an ingredient that can reduce the likelihood of brain damage caused by stroke? In rats, I might add. Is Mm -hmm. it A, the huntsman spider, B, the platypus, C, the red-bellied black snake, or D, the funnel-web spider? Funnel-web spider. You're doing so well. Four (laughs) points. Four points. Yeah, this is the Darling Downs funnel web spider. Um, They, a team of scientists, realised that there was um, a a harmless ingredient in the venom of these spiders because obviously the venom is really dangerous. It can kill a human in 15 minutes after a bite. But venom isn't just one chemical compound. It's made up of lots of things, mixtures of lots of things. And there's one ingredient that's, that's harmless but is able to protect the brain cells in stroke patients, these stroke patients that's been tested in our rats, um, even hours after strokes. And the molecule um, is, looks like a kind of double version of another chemical that's known to protect the brain. But what they found is when they synthesized this molecule and gave this to rats that had had an induced stroke, it could prevent damage to their brain cells even hours after 
um, this had been administered. So two hours after the induced stroke, uh, the brain damage in the rats was reduced by 80%. And after eight hours, so eight hours after the stroke, the, the medicine or the, the molecules administered, the brain damage was reduced by 65% compared wow. to controls where no um, none of this uh, molecule had been administered. And this represented, although it's in rats, a really quite exciting breakthrough with potential for humans because one of the the big things is trying to treat stroke as quickly as possible because it's sometimes people might not notice the symptoms. So any medicine that can be given, you know, hours after a stroke and help to prevent brain, brain damage could be extremely important for humans. Absolutely. Gosh, one of the biggest stories to come out of 2017. You kind of threw me there with the platypus because I knew we had a story about platypus yeah, earlier in the year. Yeah, there's so much There's so much intriguing <laughs> about the platypus. I think there'll be more stories on, on them in, in programs to come. But, mm. but yeah, you weren't fooled. Oh, three out of three. I'm very impressed with myself. Thank you for those of you that are keeping me company on the text line, though, for the potential text to friend. I may need to use it in this second half. We're doing the big Up and Adam 2017 quiz. Alice, let's get back into it. We're highlighting the best stories of 2017 or the, you know, the most important stories in science of 2017. And some that have sneaked in from 2016, which this one has. You're naughty. Okay. No, but I'm, you know, look, you're doing so well. I don't think we're, I don't think we're in any sort of danger here. Okay. We're on question four. Are you ready? Ready. Cane toads have no natural enemies in Australia and their toxin can be deadly to animals that eat frogs or cats and dogs. In 2016, residents of Western Australia were asked to collect as many cane toads as possible. Mm -hmm. But why? Was it A, to survey the population, B, to collect toxins for scientific experiments, C, to make sausages, or D, to neuter them so they couldn't breed? Oh. Don't forget the text lines there if you need it, Lucy. Mm. Look, I want to have a punt and go D. Was it B? No, it's a sizzler of a story. It was to make sausages. <gasps> what? So this is a program <laughs> that was um, first tried in the top end successfully. And the idea is to collect, it's a rather gruesome story, but to collect cane toads to make sausages, they're originally handmade, um, and to feed them to animals such as the northern quoll um, and induce um vomiting in those animals so they have an aversion to the smell of the cane toad so you put a a little bit of uh, toxic meat into a sausage that won't kill them it'll just make them a little bit unwell and this is hopefully going to stop these animals from you know taking a bite out of a cane toad and being less fortunate and um, it's been working it's worked quite well in the the initial trial so about 50 to 70 percent of the quolls were taking the sausages um, and the idea is to introduce this to kind of the front line where the where the, t- uh, the cane toads are crossing um, so that as they pass through an area, the native species will survive and repopulate the area. And it's a big problem because sometimes when these cane toads pass through, um, up to 95% of the guana can be dead 
um, very quickly within months, you know, if the, the, the toad's arriving. Yeah. So they're a really big problem. So these sausages are a rather grisly but important solution for cane the cane toad, toad singers. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that story, I but know, I remember it's it a, now. It's a grisly one. Maybe yeah. you just wanted to put that one out of your mind. Blocked um, it out. I've got a little bit of a bonus question on this one. So they mm-hmm. were the cane toads were actually introduced to Australia from Hawaii in June 1935 in an attempt to control two native beetles. But which crop um, were these beetles a problem for? Mm-hmm. Do you know which crop? Oh, not a multiple choice. Um, sunflowers? Oh, near. It was for sugarcane. Oh, so is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it begins with an S, so we'll go with that. <laughs> That's all right. That was a, a tricky one without a, a multiple choice. So we'll, we'll move on to question five. <laughs> So at 11.21pm Sydney time on the 17th of August 2017, you'll be pleased to hear, astronomers learnt that LIGO had detected a gravitational wave event. But what was the event? Was it A, a binary black hole merger, B, a pair of merging neutron stars, C, two satellites colliding, or D, the formation of a galaxy? B. You are right. This was a really exciting uh, story this year that um, Australia had a big part to play in. Um, It was the first time that people got to see a gravitational wave event um, with conventional telescopes. So um, there was this gravitational wave signal that came through. This got astronomers extremely excited and they were able to to, to focus many of the telescopes to a, uh, one area of the sky that was about 150 times the size of our moon. So lots of telescopes were needed. And then used the, all of these telescopes to try and pick up on any electromagnetic radiation that was coming from the sky in this area. And they were able to to pinpoint this event and detect um uh, detect this with uh, a radio telescope for the for the first time. Wow! So this was one of my favourite science stories of the year. So um, awesome! And I think we'll have a lot to to listen out for um, in this in this space. I reckon we've got time for one more. One We're more? just bordering on eight thirty. One more. But okay, let's smash it. Well, you're doing so well, so don't worry. I thought it seemed only right that we would finish with a chemistry question. Yes. Um, And I thought we'd go straight to the top. So what and who was awarded the 2017 Nobel Prize in Chemistry? Mm -hmm. Was it Savage, Stoddart and Feringa for the design and synthesis of molecular machines? Was it Dubochet, Frank and Henderson for cryo-electron microscopy? microscopy for the high resolution structure determination of biomolecules and solutions so many words i know <laughs> was it hall robash and young for discoveries of molecular mechanisms controlling the circadian rhythm oh or was it d uh vice barish and thorn for decisive contributions to the ligo detector and the observation of gravitational waves so we've got molecular machines as a b cryoelectron microscopy c molecular mechanisms for the circadian rhythm or d uh ligo the like the discovery of gravitational waves oh this is um i feel like it's either a or c oh, oh. <laughs> so you're very close with your predictions for a because a was actually the 2016 nobel prize that we oh. talked about last year yeah and C, it says molecular mechanisms. So, you know, it's a very, uh, it's kind of a tricky question, but that, that was a biology, that's a biology oh. prize. 
And this year's prize was for cryoelectron microscopy. So it was the ability to see the molecules of life of using microscopy. I think the names of those prizes yeah. is, what's com- <laughs> is what has confused you there. Yeah. But... Um, do not worry about that. You've done fantastically today. Oh, Alice, thank you so, so much. Is there any stories in the quiz that have been particular highlights for you as well? Well, I, you know, I really did enjoy reading about the Nobel Prize this year. I think it's a, a really interesting one. But I think for me, probably was this um, surprisingly perhaps a, a spacey story, that, you know, this idea of being able to see, um, to merge radio telescopes with uh, LIGO and have this real picture of what's what happened, you know, so long ago uh, in time and to be able to predict where to look in the sky um, I think there'll be some really exciting uh, science in this area maybe even in 2018 Mm. Um, but so much good science this year and such a pleasure talking to you every week and I'm going to miss you very much yeah I'll miss you too if people want to look back at episodes listen back all you've got to do is head to fbiradio.com slash podcast and I want to say a huge huge thank you to you Alice for coming in for Up and Adam every Tuesday if you've not been able to come in we've always gotten you on the phone as well and you've been there since the very beginning for me you've been my longest standing segment host from the start of 2016 and even before that with Georgia Hitch and I want to say it's an absolute pleasure being able to see how your mind works and being able to hear these stories from you you're an incredible chemist you're an incredible woman in science and I want to say thank you for inspiring Sydney every Tuesday up and Adam will be back in 2018 I can't wait and I'll catch you around see you around Lucy thank you thank you This was produced by FBI Radio in Sydney, fbiradio.com.